Well, like Jordan said, my name is Kyler. I'm on staff with Salt Company, and I have one hand to do all of this. Look at this. There we go. All right. So we're going to keep going in our Twisted Scripture series tonight. But if you've been around Salt Company for a little while, if you're around during the school year or you've been at Veritas um, Sundays, you know that our regular thing is to preach through books of the Bible. So this is a little bit different. And you, you might be asking, like, why are we doing this? That's a great question. And part of what I was thinking about this week, um, kind of why we're doing this series, is actually uh, some words that are uh, at the end of the, the letter of Second Peter, chapter 3. And, and Peter's been talking about how there's some things in Paul's letters that are hard to understand. He's kind of just admitting that. Like, even the Apostle Peter's like, yeah, the Apostle Paul's letters, they're kind of hard to understand. And then he says, Verse 16, which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction as they do the other scriptures. So there's, there's something about people out there that are twisting scripture, not just of Paul's, but of really the whole rest of the Bible. And if we can get uh, verse 17 up on the screen, this is what Peter says next. He says, you therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, like keep this in mind that people are out there twisting the scripture. Take care that you are not carried away with the air of lawless people and lose your own stability, but grow in the grace um, and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So that's really what we want to do together this summer, right? We want to we grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hopefully, that's what we can say we've done even just after the end of tonight. Um, so how are we going to do this, though? How are we going to take Scripture that is twisted by some people and make sure that we are we're untwisting it, make sure we're talking about it and understanding it properly? We're going we're gonna to be aware of the text context, right? The awareness, we're going to have awareness of kind of the immediate uh, context that it's in, but we're also going to keep in mind the whole rest of the book from what we're preaching from. And not just that, but then how that book fits into the, the Bible, because the whole Bible has a unified storyline. Like God doesn't lie. He's, his word is not contradictory. He is telling us something clearly. Yet even the apostle Peter, right? He's like, there's some stuff in Paul's letters that are hard to understand. So in the text that we're in tonight, this is what's going on. We'll be in, in John 14. Verses 13 and 14. But before we, before we start talking about that, let's, let's look at what's going on. So if you have a Bible or an app, go ahead and turn there. Um, and I'm going to tell you what's kind of going down right now, right before this. He's, Jesus is, is talking about prayer in verses 13 and 14, but he wasn't asked by the disciples, like, how do we pray? Like in Matthew 5, when Jesus gives the disciples the Lord's Prayer. Like Jesus is talking to them about who he is. He's still clearing up the fact that he is in the Father and the Father's in him. Philip's like asked him, dude, like, can you show us the Father? Because we're not really sure if you can believe, we're not really sure if we can believe who you are yet. Like we still need more. And he's like, I, I don't think you've gotten it. Like I've, I've done all this already. You got to just either believe uh, me or take the works themselves and, and believe in me right now, man. And also, Jesus is telling him about his departure, that he's going to be with the Father. He's going to go prepare a place for them. 
And this is, this is all still just like not making sense to them at all. But he, in these verses we're in tonight, 13 and 14, talks to them about prayer. But I, I don't want to get there quite yet. I want to draw our attention to what he says right before this. In verse 12, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater works than these will he do because I am going to the Father. He's telling them they've got a mission. Like he's going to go, but they've still got a mission to be a part of. And then he talks about prayer, right? So there's something that Jesus has for us tonight in these two verses that's so foundational to just Christian life, Christian mission, that I think we've gotten wrong. And if, if you've grown up in a church maybe like I did, um, you, it was maybe kind of just assumed that you got this, like you just kind of understood this basic thing about prayer. And prayer maybe wasn't talked about a whole lot, or maybe you didn't pray much like at home. It was just something you did, like when something unfortunate happened. Maybe you prayed every once in a while, um, like at the dinner table, but that was about it. No, like talk about prayer, like time spent really just seeking the Lord in prayer. That's just even kind of the background I come from. But is it possible that, that we have missed the point of prayer? Like maybe we've been praying wrong for, for quite a long time. Like could, could you have missed the point of prayer? Maybe, maybe you've actually just given up on praying because you don't feel like God's answered your prayers lately and, and prayers just become this thing that's difficult for you. Or maybe you're the person that's kind of like, I know God has a, a plan. He's sovereign. He, he's been in control since like before time and he's outside of time and he's working out his will. So like, why do I need to pray? And you've kind of just wrestled with that question and that's just led to prayerlessness. Or maybe... Maybe prayer is just difficult because it's, it's just stale right now. Like it's, it's hard to focus. You don't really feel like something's going on. And you don't really find yourself wanting to pray. If you, if you resonate with any of that, I, I believe Jesus tonight has a gentle kind of course correction for us tonight. He wants to, he wants to steer us in a better direction to stoke our, our prayer life. So let me read for us John 14, verses 13 and 14. Jesus says, Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Wow. Okay. Anything in my name, I will do it. What, is, what does he mean by in my name? Because I'm guessing you probably started praying like in Jesus' name at the end of your prayers before you ever even knew what that meant. Or maybe before you were a Christian. That was me. Um, and so you, you've done that, and it's just kind of been this thing that you do because everyone else does it. Um, so Jesus is not saying here, like anything goes if you just tack on in Jesus' name. Amen. Done, right? When he says, in my name, whatever you ask in my name, he's talking about his reputation, like, his desires. Our prayers have to be consistent with the character of Jesus. Like praying in Jesus' name means our prayers are aligned with the purposes of God, and then we're truly praying in Jesus' name if we're aligning our prayers with the purposes of God. But like, why do we have to channel 
our prayers that way? Why do we, we, why do we have to align our prayers that way? Why can't we just ask whatever we want? Like, we, we should be asking that question, I think. You ready for the big theological answer for that? God is God, not you, not me. God is God. Pretty, pretty crazy, right? So that's true, right? We can't just like ask whatever. He's not like a, a magic genie in a bottle. He's actually more powerful than that. He's more, he's more like capable of anything, right? He, he's infinite in power. And he, he's actually revealed himself for us. He's made a way to actually communicate with us. He's started the conversation with us for us to be able to respond to him in prayer. So the only reason that we can continue this conversation in prayer, the only reason we have access to God like in prayer is, is through Jesus, his finished work, his life, death, and resurrection. Without that, without Jesus, we don't have boldness and access with confidence before the throne room of God. So again, God, way better than a genie in the bottle. Yet because of that, because of the fact that we've been separated from him and yet he's restored our relationship, that changes how we actually have to like communicate with him. He started the conversation in his word, yet we get to respond to him through prayer. And so we're acknowledging this reality when we're, when we're praying in Jesus' name, because it's not only that we're keeping in mind the fact that our access to God is based on what Christ has done, but we're actually remembering that Jesus is mediating our relationship with God this, like all the time for us. And we're not talking about, like right now, just tacking on in Jesus' name. We're talking about the conformity of our prayers, the, all of what we're asking to the purposes of God based on our relationship with God based on the merit of Jesus, not our own merit. Like that's also just really good news because that means we can, like Jesus is saying, ask anything because Jesus himself, the sinless son of God, like has given us his merit. We can come before our father and ask anything just like a child. And yet at the same time, we have to keep in mind the purposes of God, the character of God, what he desires, what his will is. And man, we need to know that, right? We need to, we need to be people that care about that so that we can, we can actually have our prayers answered so that we can experience this. Like how cool would it be to actually be able to like feel like, man, God is answering prayers because we've figured out what that requires, what we need to pray. And so again, I want to kind of drill down on what this is like. This maybe is a cheesy analogy, but or a cheesy illustration, but imagine for a second that you have a friend who can get you before your favorite celebrity, like your favorite athlete, singer, whatever. You've got a friend who's got all the connections because they're a celebrity, but you aren't. You're actually, you're just friends with them since sixth grade. And that's the only reason you're, you're tight with this person. And so the days come where you get to actually go and, and meet your celebrity crush, right? Maybe not dudes, you don't have celebrity crushes, but whatever. It's, it's somebody, some athlete, I don't know. And, and so you're going, but you're not, you're not going to meet this person like at the stadium. You're not going to meet this person in, in the like concert hall, whatever. You're, you're going to actually, you get to go to this person's house. 
you get to you get to actually enter into just like their life it's not like you get to just you know kind of be that one person in this whole line your friend gets to take you into your celebrity crush's home right and on the way there your friends telling you how it's going to go down they're saying this person they don't actually like anybody bringing their phones into their house they don't like anyone asking for autographs none of that you can't take selfies so you're you're not going to go in and ask for that because because your friend's reputation is kind of at stake too with this person right like that would be kind of messed up if you just like ruin their relationship you ruin all that you're you're actually going to filter what you ask for but that doesn't mean you're not going to ask for anything right you like if they ask you like hey what do you want to eat my chef like they've got everything in the kitchen like we can make anything you would ask for food right not a selfie in that moment i hope okay you would do that because there's there's like particular grounds for what you can ask and what you can't there's some there's some restrictions yet like it's still wide open for like what falls into what this person wants. And I think we've kind of missed that with prayer sometimes. Like the fact that we can ask so many things of, of an infinite holy God, yet like we're kind of stuck just asking him things for ourselves all the time. And prayer is not about us. Like again, through the cross, we have access into the presence of God the ability for us to pray based on our connection to Jesus. So like lately, have you guys been praying more prayers kind of just for your life, your desires for your life to be more comfortable for you to get that job that like is going to pay better than the one you've got right now or better than kind of what you're thinking might be happening after college. You're, you're praying for something that's just going to make your life easier. You're just really desirous of a relationship. You're asking God for a relationship. Those are the only type of prayers you're praying. Again, prayer, fundamentally, not about us. James 4.3 says, You ask and do not receive because you ask with wrong motives so that you may spend it on your pleasures. James is saying, no wonder you don't get any of your prayers answered because you're asking with wrong motives. Your motives are all jacked up. Like you want things for yourself. You want things for your own pleasure rather than more of God himself. So how do we, how do we like get pure motives, right? Because we, we're clean before the God of the universe if, if we're in Christ, yet we can still be praying these types of prayers. How do we get pure motives? Remember earlier I said that we need to consider what's going on in, in the whole gospel of John if we want to even kind of make sure we know what's going on here. We want to take into account immediate context, Gospel of John, Bible. In chapter 15, verse 7, Jesus says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is, this is in the same conversation Jesus is having, the same monologue, upper room discourse, like the night before he's betrayed. And he says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. There's a condition, right? He's saying, if you do this, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. So the word of God and abiding in Jesus, both are 
necessary. We need to be people who our, our prayers are shaped by the Word of God. We need to let the Word of God abide in us to change the motives of our prayers. Like Jesus is talking about the same thing. I think he's adding clarity to even what he's saying in our two verses tonight. Jesus says, if you abide in him and his word abides in you, it starts to do something. Then you can ask whatever you wish, but that whatever is going to be a different type of whatever than it was before when you, you didn't know Jesus. Like when you didn't abide in his word, when you didn't abide in him, you probably would have asked God for other stuff. Now it's a new kind of whatever. Not the things you'd asked for before. But again, this, I don't want this to take away the kind of like really sweet, awesome thing here in these verses because Jesus is saying like we can ask anything that accords with his will, anything according to his purpose and character. Like Jesus wants us to be in awe of his power, what he can do. He hears prayer. He responds to prayer. He's telling us clearly, I will do it, anything. But we, we have to abide in him. Like, are we, are we willing to do that to get prayer? Are we willing to abide in Jesus to, to be able to pray these types of prayers and see the fruit of that? Because I'm not saying we shouldn't pray for, for little things. I'm not saying we shouldn't pray for, like, God to help you find your keys, God to, to heal your cat, right? Cats at the vet. I don't know. Like, nothing wrong with that. Yet, is that in its, like, if, if we're just praying those types of prayers, is that God-glorifying prayers, your prayer life, all that it should be? John Piper says this about kind of this whole section of the book of John. He says, being filled and saturated by the words of Scripture bring us so close to the mind of God that we pray in tune with His purposes and receive whatever we ask. Guys, I, I want that for us. I want us to have that type of prayer life where, where we're like, we receive everything we ask almost. Like, there, there is, there's just something that's just unexplainable. I know God. He's revealed Himself to me through His Word. I'm praying in tune with that. But, man, even if, even if you're somebody who, who is abiding in in the word, like you, you may be actually praying some prayers and you're like, man, God hasn't answered this yet. Or maybe you've just forgotten what you've prayed for for a while. Like me, I need to go back and start like writing down what I'm praying for and tracking that. And that doesn't mean like, again, Jesus isn't going to necessarily answer our prayers on our timeline. Right. But like, if we're not writing down what we're asking him for in accordance with his will, we might forget that we ever even asked that and have, miss the joy of being like, man, Jesus, respond to that prayer. And so, okay, I'm going to read our verses again just to kind of center us back onto this. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. I'm going to stop there, actually. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. Jesus has saved you, Christian, to participate with him in glorifying the father but in order to do that you must pray like if we if we look at jesus he's praying not for things of his you know like his even kind of will on earth like he's like take this cup from me but for the ultimate glory of god and so we must be praying not for things of our own enjoyment but in order to get more of god himself and in order to see 
the Father glorified in the Son. The Father glorified in the Son. The, the God who is far greater than, than anything else this world has to offer. He's eternal. His, his pleasures are unending. He, he fills us with pleasures and, man, just better than we could ever imagine. If you want that, like if, if you want what Jesus is saying here, the Father to be glorified in the Son, that means you want His name to be worshipped in all the earth. You want to see something happen. You want to see all the earth know who He is. You want to see the gospel go forth. So prayer has this dimension where, where we're praying for God's glory. Again, if we don't have a new heart, we're not going to be praying for these things. Like if, if we just stop at kind of our desires, is that God glorifying prayer? I think God glorifying prayer just kind of has this different motive, right? It has, it has this motive of like, Lord, heal my sick cat. Lord, heal my family member. Lord, like provide a new job for me quickly. Yet, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Like just that heart posture even. Like we, we can say that type of thing. We can say, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Because we know God's will is not contrary to our eternal good. Like those two things aren't opposed to each other. They're not at odds with each other. He's going to turn even our suffering into a greater degree of eternal glory with Him when we get to be in His presence. Notice again that Jesus is not saying He's going to do all of these things quickly. He's not going to answer every single prayer like right away. He just gives the assurance that He will do it. And He, he has the authority to do that. He has the power to be able to say, I will do it. Yet, we can't demand God do something that we're asking of him. Like we we can't put him to the test. We can't say, God, like, I don't I don't know if you're even real if if you don't answer this one prayer. Who are we to think we perfectly understand the will of God? Who are we to perfectly think we've gotten the mind of the Lord? Like he's the one who even knows better what we need than ourselves. Think about that. How how comforting is that? We have a Father who, who knows us, who knows our, our struggles, He knows our desires, He knows our pain, and He is working everything together for our good. He's even using our suffering. Do we, do we trust that? Do we love that about Him? Okay, I said we, we get to participate with Jesus, right, in glorifying the Father. What do I, what do I mean by that? Prayer is where this starts. We get to ask God for the empowerment to, to continue the spread of the gospel. We get to ask God to be, be a part of His kingdom coming to earth. Continuing the movement that Jesus set in motion. Just before, right, in verse 12, when He's saying greater works. We get to, we get to see this movement. We get to see more gospel fruit than, than Jesus even saw because, like, we're around longer. We're, we, we get to see the gospel push out. Like We have the powerful news of the gospel. We've been here. It's, it's actually come to us, right? From the other side of the world. And prayer is needed for us to participate in the Great, great Commission. 
It's needed, it's needed for us to see people come to faith. It's needed for us to, to endure. It's needed for us to be able to even submit ourselves under the authority of Jesus. Praying in Jesus' name is, is always about God's glory, guys. Like prayer that aligns with the character of God, prayer, prayer that aligns with the will of God moves us to participate in the spread of the gospel. It has that effect. I don't, I don't know if any of you have experienced that before, but if you start praying for somebody that doesn't know Christ yet, you probably also are going to be actually a lot more likely to go move towards sharing the gospel or at least reaching out to that person shortly thereafter. My, my big idea for us tonight is praying in the name of Jesus moves us to participate in the mission of Jesus. Praying in the name of Jesus moves us to participate in the mission of Jesus. If, if we don't pray, we, we will be ineffective and disconnected from God. Like prayerlessness and living the Christian life is zero dependence on God. Provides zero power for the mission. If we don't pray, we're saying we think just by ourselves we can play a part in the mission of God. Yeah, it's a God-sized mission. It requires His power. So if, if you want to be a part of this mission, like pray in Jesus' name. Pray, like conform your prayers to, to who He is. This, this mission ends with the Father glorified in the Son. Like that is purchased. That happened. That is going to happen. Jesus was all in for the Father's glory. Like that, that even drove Him to the cross. That drove Him to dependence on God in prayer. Does that, does that sound like your life right now? If, if the answer to that question is no or yes, I think kind of some of our application is actually the same because you either need to start doing some things or you need to keep doing some things. What are these things? Right? The Word of God breathed out, living and active, this is, this is the primary way God has revealed Himself to us, that we would know Him. He started the conversation with us, remember. This is what needs to start shaping our prayers. Like if we aren't feeding ourselves on the Scripture, how, how are we going to know how to pray in Jesus' name? Like the, the Bible for thousands of years now has shaped the prayers of God's people. It's moved them to pray. It's, it's, it's taught them how to pray. So are you, are you feeding on the Scripture? Because, man, the Word needs to shape our prayers. The second thing is get around community or stay around community. Prayer in community. Like prayer isn't always a private thing. One of the things that I think would be super cool is if you guys actually committed, like, like you, you committed to already this fall, being at Monday morning prayer on your campus, praying for God's glory to be known on your campus, praying for one another and your needs, praying for the nations. But don't wait for that. Don't wait for the fall to come, for Monday morning prayer to start happening again at 7 a.m. I'm sure we're super stoked about that, 7 a.m. Monday. But this is what we're going to do if you haven't done this already. Since we are not an event, right? Salkamini is not an event. We're a people. We're a community. We want to be a people that are praying together every day for things like God's glory, even if we're not together. 
And so what we do, maybe you know this already, is we pray Luke 10.2 at 10.02 a.m. So pull out your phones, make an alarm for 10.02 a.m. or p.m. or both, whatever. Luke 10.2, Jesus says this. This this is a big kingdom-oriented, God-glorifying prayer for us. Jesus says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Even just this little thing of your alarm going off can be the thing that starts to prompt you to pray according to the name of Jesus for God's glory. So do that. Although don't do it on Sundays. Don't be that guy that just has it go off in church if you're at church at 10.02. But if you're not, then have it go off. I don't know. Um, all right. There, there's some more things that we have to do, I think. And, and tonight, maybe, maybe you are like feeling, man, I haven't been praying like this. And, and one of the things that, man, prayer provides is not just a way for us to to ask things to petition god but also for us to to confess to god maybe maybe tonight we actually have to confess that we haven't been about god's glory we haven't we haven't been praying in accordance with who he is fully we've been we've been living for our own glory so tonight ask god for mercy friends god is rich in mercy. He has more to offer for us tonight. Come before him acknowledging the sin of of seeking your own desires over him, seeking seeking yourself over him. Maybe maybe tonight actually you you haven't accepted Christ. You wouldn't call yourself a follower of Jesus. Tonight, I want to plead with you to, to come into the family of God. If you haven't put your faith in Christ yet tonight, accept the free gift of God through faith. Jesus Christ, the sinless Son of God, has come down from heaven to live a perfect life. He's, he's gone to the cross to, to, to bear the punishment that we deserve for our sin. He's, he's taken on Himself our sin and he's he's risen from the dead three days later he's defeated sin satan and death to restore us to a relationship with our creator the god of the universe to to change our eternal destiny to be with him forever maybe maybe that's for you tonight we we want you to know jesus we want to grow in the grace and knowledge of jesus maybe that needs to start for you tonight Friends, if, if we started doing these things, if, if we started being shaped by the Word of God and praying in light of that and, and praying in community and being, being people that desire God's glory over our glory, I think this room would look a lot different at the end of the fall semester. I think there would be, I think there would be more people that have come to know Jesus that lived across the hall from you, that, that sat at the the table next to you in class. I think there'd be more people that are at least interested in knowing about who is this Jesus. I know God has 
more people on your campus that he is drawing to himself, are you going to participate in that mission? Are you, are you going to be about his kingdom? Are you going to be about his glory? You have to, you have to decide that tonight. The, the question is, are our hearts ready? Are our hearts ready to, to lay down desires that we want that, that really don't have anything to do with God, God's glory? Are we ready to, to get on our knees and, and move toward God being glorified in the Son? Wanting that more than we want anything else. Because again, God's glory and our eternal good are not things at odds with each other. They, they're actually unified. God wants to bring us into His presence. He wants to, to work all things together for good for those who love Him. He wants us to be more in love with Him than we are in things in this world. Prayer is, prayer is the way that, that we get to just return to the presence of God, confess ways that we have failed and ask God for more help. So that's, that's what I'm going to do for us right now. The band's going to come back up. I, I want us to pray and, and just come before the God who, who knows us, the God who, who loves us in Jesus Christ perfectly, the God who has made access to, to pray to him by, by coming and living, dying, and raising from the dead just so that we could, we could pray to him right now.